who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Not bad, Nelzar. I see you've found time in your busy duking schedule to study the blade. Or maybe you're just getting old, Raphael. Well, as you can see, you've disarmed me. So what now? The mercy of letting me live? The honor of returning my sword? Or revenge upon an unarmed man? That last one sounds pretty nice, actually. <laughs> Only one problem, chump. I've always got another knife. Let's dance, you donkus. Well, one thing's for certain, Storm. And that's that Salt and Iron have never faced off against a monster like this before. Was that now? Storm? 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 Uh, wake up, Storm. We're live. Uh, uh, Storm, you've got to stop falling asleep while we're mid-show. Are you okay, pal? Oh, man. Oh, man. I was having the coolest dream. I was about to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some evil landowner on a blasted battlefield. Dang. It's about to get juicy, too. Well, as cool as that sounds, we've got plenty of action and adventure playing out right before our eyes. If you could work on keeping ears open. Absolutely, Kipper. Sorry, pal. I'm just having some insomnia lately. I'm feeling that itch again. Well, you're not going to leave the show and go chase your glory days again, are you? No, no. I'm out of vacation days anyway. I just have this need I can't get off my mind. Well, maybe we can help scratch that itch by checking in on some of the teams as they fight for their lives to survive the challenges of the quest they're on. That sounds like fun, right? It does indeed. Bradley. Could you hop down to Baba J's and snag Daddy's Storm a double shot in the dark with caramel? Extra large. Keep the change. Alright, let's see what these kids are up to. You are not where you once were. The smell of the swamp is gone. The chill air is replaced with the warmth of the sun, an almost intense amount of heat. You awaken on slabs of white stone and gold, inlaid with gemstones of blue and yellow. You're in a garden, some kind of dais surrounded by beautiful lush trees and golden statues of birds in flight, looking down upon you. The sun seems much larger in the sky than usual. A clear wind blows your hair. The landscape is flat, all white stone and gold. There's no horizon. 
Just clouds. Are we dead? Uh, I don't think so. This is not the afterlife that waits for me. (laughs) (laughs) This seems an awful lot like an afterlife that would be waiting for me. Are you in pain? Am I? It feels like the normal sun does, and yes, it hurts, but you also feel like you're closer than you've ever been physically. The, the, Bartim looks very disappointed. All right, maybe I just got lucky then. (laughs) (laughs) A pair of figures approaches you from a nearby stone structure. They are tall and imposing. They have long braided dark hair filled with rings and hanging blades. Their eyes are fierce and their muscles toned. Their skin is marked with sigils of white that stand out against their dark complexion. A pair of blades are crossed on each of their backs, and a series of gold rings works its way from the base of their neck to the top. They wear beautiful golden gleaming armor across half of their body, leaving one arm and one breast exposed to the sun, marked with more runes. Each of their faces is stern, but unique with personality and more of these runes. We felt a change. The sisters are banished once more. We went to investigate and found you in the bog, knocked out by some concussive magical blast. It was evident from the damage to the nearby trees. We brought you here to tend to your wounds. It seems you won your battle with the coven. Our time without them will be blessed. To your feet, warriors. Who are you? We are the Kasai, guardians of Western Alcara. The little berries? The little, um, the, the, the superfood mm-hmm. berries? No. Asai. Ah, Asai. We watch over Western Alcara from above. The queen's rule of coin does not hold sway here. We are true Alcarans, not slavers and wage lords. And this is the Savior's Summit, home of the elite Kasai warriors, guardians of the Nethesars, the Savannah, and the Western cities. We rarely get outsiders, but we made a vow to see you to good health, and it seems you have arrived there. We will show you the summit, and then ask that you begin making your plans to leave, with all respect. I am Tishaga, and this is Mbira. Do you have um, orange juice? We have many fresh fruits to choose from. I need orange juice. He smacks his lips and looks blearily around. Uh, One of them hands you a tall, narrow vase, and it looks like it has a spout on the end of it. Clean water from the Nethesar Hills. I definitely remember asking. I definitely remember asking for orange juice. I asked for orange juice, right? I look at the others. You just make it chocolate water with prestidigitation. <laughs> <laughs> Chocomancy. We will get you fruit, but I suggest hydrating with the water. <laughs> just start chugging. It's very clean and good. It takes too many gulps. <laughs> I am Almeric. I am honored to meet you. Chris, growing up, you heard tale of the Kasai, but it sounded more like uh, a superhero story, something fabricated for children. Do these beings look angelic or just... They look like humans that have armor far advanced anything that you've seen before. Okay. Good, because Harthax is going to be uncomfortable if they were angels. (laughs) For good reason. Yeah. (laughs) They do seem angelic, but only in the descriptive sense. Okay. What's your favorite thing about angels, Harthax? They, uh, their meat is yeah. delicious. <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me, but I just can't stop. My favorite thing is angel food cake. <laughs> mm. Please join us. And you are led out of the courtyard and down some marble steps to the front of the tall white building that the Kasai came from. 
You realize now why there's no horizon. You're on a stone disk, surrounded by clouds, hundreds of miles up in the air. Even the mountains and your view of the sea are far below you. Griffin riders circle in patrols along the perimeter. Long, clear pools of water with swimming fish divide the courtyard into quadrants. Rows of perfect tropical trees, heavy with fruit, stand neatly in patches of soil. Birds are perched on every branch. Golden statues of birds of prey, hunting cats, and warriors in ornate armor adorn the corners of each pool and the end of each row of trees. Maybe three dozen warriors move about their business. Many human, many Aarakocra, all dressed in similar, if varying, fashions to the Kasai warriors escorting you. As Tishaga draws a blade and holds it over her head on the steps before the central building, every face turns to look, and her voice echoes out on the wind. These outsiders will not stay long. They are heroes from the Southlands. They have done battle with the Palemire sisters and won. They will be welcome here with respect as they make their leave. And she lowers the blade and they all return to their business without question. Hmm. Funny thing is, I'm not that much of an outsider. Even the Alcarans are outsiders to the Kasai. I climb up from the dark. I think I am in the top. I go to the mountains, your home, Arvid. I think I am on the top. Now I'm floating on damn disk in sky. How many more tops are there? How many overworlds? I look up. Can we see the moon from up here? Or is it obscured because it's daytime? It's daytime. It's okay. very bright daytime. Okay. I look I look up, like, seeing if the moon is around, and I say, It goes higher. Our ancestors have been using arcane magic since before the first brick was laid in the three towers. The wizards think they know of magic. It is ours to control. I must go and ready my troops for training. Mbira will give you direction. Mbira ducks down quickly to the garden and grabs a couple of very thick citrus fruit off of a tree and brings them back. Yes. Says, this is the closest we can give. Yes. You can I just grab it and I just tear it open and just start squeezing the juice into my face. It's delicious. How are you okay? I, I always admire persistence. They have hangover. <laughs> I feel good. I'm very old. Um, I guess older than me. I offer you. I, I literally walk over to Hardithax's bag, start digging inside of it, and then I pull out some some herbs and I stuff them into my cheek. I, I, I well, that'll be interesting. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Those are from Selvarax, Artyom. Mm. Your body's probably never processed them before. I spit. This probably okay. It's like licorice on heroin. Mm. <laughs> tingly. <laughs> very tingly. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> this is getting very uncomfortable. Oh no, our Artyom our won't be able to talk. Good. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> uh, Umbara clasps her hands and she says, I have to thank you personally for dealing with the Palemar sisters. They have been a menace on our borders for a long time. Knowing that we are rid of them for some time will put our soldiers to ease. Ten years in the day, they said. Yes, it is written. She gestures to the opposite side of this island disc and says, You should go to the Goldwind Airy. We will loan you some griffins to take you to the nearest city. They are well trained and will know the way home when you are done. Combat drills start within an hour, and they are most private. I hope you understand. And then you hear a buzzing sound. And she looks around extremely confused, and Reginald appears before you and says, Oh, thank goodness you're awake. 
I have been receiving messages nonstop while you are unconscious. I will play them now. And uh, his eye lights up and a little vid screen appears. And you see Nimberwell. And she says, hey, MDs, it's me, Nim. Sorry, I never told you that I got my hands on Reginald's frequency when I hung out with you guys. I guess I just can't help myself. <laughs> anyway, I heard what happened. Great job. I hope you're okay. I can take care of Morty for now. Woof. Yes, you. Get down. No, get down. And then the transmission ends. And then it picks back up again. Reginald, you better be deleting. You better not be deleting my messages. Wake them up. Tell Arvid I'll deliver Morty to Lucinilli in a few days. I've been meaning to visit anyway. The transmission ends. It picks up one more time. Oh my God, what is taking so long? Are they dead? They're dead, aren't they? <laughs> well, now who am I going to bet on? <laughs> and that ends the messages. How long has it been? That was that was my question too. About four days. Four days? I was waiting for Reginald to be like, it's been three hours. <laughs> it's been one week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, for this, this is why I feel so bad. Isn't that the drugs? I've been in sunlight. They left me out in the sun for four days. Ugh. Idiots. You're practically alabaster on your cheeks. Oh, it's authority coming in. We saw you were marked with the symbols of Bren. We assumed it would be okay. You're wrong. Our apologies. We have tended to your body, but we cannot fight the physics of your nature. Yeah, this is okay. I needed a reminder of exactly what it is I worship. This is a good day for that. Why? This is the day of Helden's son. What is this? Chris, you are familiar with this. This is an Alcaran holiday from the very middle of summer. It's the longest day of the year. And in Den Mazir, it's quite the festivity. You've never really learned what the meaning of it was because you were just a child, but you do remember the festival days. Well, it's a, it's a grand festival day. I'm not sure why, but everyone was always so happy and bright. That was good to know. The... Griffin Master will tend to your needs in transport. Griffin Master sounds awesome. He is. He's super cool. <laughs> He's a bamf. <laughs> All right, actually, stuff is pretty good. Don't get too used to it. Supply is pretty low. Why is this? I've been trying to cultivate it in my garden, but it doesn't grow everywhere on Mackinac. Hmm. The tracers are interesting. I was expecting to feel better, but this is maybe too better. Yes. Um, like I said, your body's never encountered these substances before. It's likely your immune system has no idea what to do with them. Fair enough. It's what I use them for medicine for, though. Mm. The, uh, the toxins also have never had to experience something like this. Hmm. I spit what's left of my plug into a small bottle, cork it, and then put it in a pocket. It's all spitty. That's gross, Artyom. <laughs> So the group starts to make their way towards the Goldwyn Airy to inspect this offer of Griffin's. But you hear a voice call out from over the platform. Artyom Volkov, this must be fate indeed to meet you in a place like this on this day of all days. <laughs> Bren has rolled you before my path once again. My uh, spear is already in my hand and I'm looking around frantically. Uh, you look and you see a tall female sea elf wearing loose fitting captain's clothes covered with beautiful golden jewelry. It is a Shira Mistkeeper. Not many people speak to me with this kind of familiarity. I assumed it was family. <laughs> well, I think it's the gods that put you in my path. We can't ignore such signs from the god of suffering. Duh. There seem to be a lot of conveniences occurring in these last few days. And in Savior's Summit, of all places, the odds are just astronomical. Why is this? So few outsiders are welcome here. I do trade with the Kasai all the time. I'm one of their head naval coordinators. Where else would I get such beautiful taste in jewelry? 
This makes sense. Well, I take it you're heading to the area to get griffins. That is the plan. I keep hearing of griffins, 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 but I've yet to see griffin. Well, I have a similar plan. And since we're not ignoring the fates of the gods of sky and sea on such a day, I demand you join me to Den Mazir for the festivities of Helden's Sun, a sacred day to the Bren priests. Who am I to argue with this? And the rest of you? I love festivals. I, I have a lot on my mind, but it can wait. Let us celebrate. This is a perfect kind of celebration to get things off of your mind. Well, count me in. Do we start walking? Yes. As we head towards the area, I'm going to pull Harvard aside. Mm. I'm sorry for refusing your uh, advances earlier. Oh, I really felt like I wasn't myself. No, this is okay. You definitely weren't yourself. You're very attractive, but you have to understand, this is not something I do. Uh, what? I do not, uh, you know, and he makes like a lewd gesture. Um, are, are you a castrato? No, I'm no eunuch. I just, um, it does not appeal to me. Okay. Uh, I mean, sure. Whatever works for you, however you feel is fine. I'm sorry if I overstepped a boundary. No, it is very flattering. Uh, I mean, to be fair, you're probably more attracted to my alter ego than me, but this is okay. We did look pretty cool. Duh. There are, there are many reasons, but uh, to say the least, uh, if I was a normal person, I probably would have been very interested. I think that's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> As you two return to the others, you can hear Ashira giving a brief explanation of the day of Helden's son to Harithax and Christ. So anyway, in Den Mazir, it's a huge holiday because everyone goes out at night and watches the sunset. Not only is this the longest day of the year, sunset lasts over an hour. It's a very sacred time. It's a little bit of a two-edged sword. You see, it's a day for it's a day for the slaves. They get to run free. They get to have free gifts from their masters. They get to party and live in revelry in the streets. And many rich nobles, many hobs and sheiks, they give several slaves their freedom on this day. It's wonderful to see, but it's still bittersweet because they exist in the first place. The one day a year they get to be people. Yes, it's a very realistic and better way to say it, but it's true, absolutely. But uh, Yeah, sure, if you want to be a fucking bummer about it. <laughs> It's, it's heartwarming to experience, but the fact that we need to at all is what displeases me. I try not to deal with Den Mazir as often as possible, but when trading in Alcara, that's where the money is. I'm afraid I don't know the three of you quite as well as I know Artyom. I met you very briefly at uh, Heption's Ball, but that was some time ago. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Me and Artyom had a slight side of business some time ago as well, where we got to catch up and, uh, well, do what we do. What's that? Uh, battle evil things. Oh, good. Not, not what you're thinking. We just had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the city is somewhat shut down for outsiders. They don't like tourists to just roll in and take over the city because it's a day for them. But I have enough sway with the Alcaran capitals that I think we should get in just fine. Now, let's go pick out some griffins. This is one of my favorite things. And as you enter the area, this tall open building with archways, there are large cross beams going across up the tower, and each of them has dozens of griffins perched on it. But these are not your classic brown and white feather griffins. There is a menagerie of different colors and styles of birds. And while you are all picking out your griffin, I would like you to describe to me what kind of bird yours resembles. Hmm. You see Ashira Mistkeeper click her tongue, and this one swoops down with a long crane neck like a heron. 
and she pets it and has light blue feathers. And she says, this is my old friend Fairweather. Harthax spends quite a while kind of, are they in pens or are they like up like in a, like a rookery where they're just kind of flying around? It's very much like a large rookery. Okay. Harthax spends quite a bit of time walking around and it looks like they're looking for something very specific and not finding it. What are you looking for? A Corvid. I want to end this chapter. Before I met the hags the first time, I was almost killed by one. A griffin with a raven's head. I think uh, I think it would be good for me to meet one that isn't trying to kill me. Most of the griffins are playful and out in the sunlight that is beaming through the windows. But from the dark shadows up in the rafters, you do see one bright yellow eye shining down on you. I look up at it. There is an aged black and gray raven griffin with color on its wingtips, indicating that it is one of the elders here. Griffin master? Yes. An old man with a polished bald head with runes on it, and it looks like his eyes are both replaced with golden orbs. May I take this one? Yes, you may. He is well-trained, calm in nature, but curious. And he makes a clicking sound, and it swoops down and immediately starts kind of nuzzling you with its beak, rooting around for anything shiny. Like, it pokes at your pearls and jingles the straps of your bag. I actually was going to say that I pull out a platinum coin. (laughs) It eagerly clicks its beak at that and holds it just firmly, triumphantly. Yeah, I give it to it. Clicks away. And it almost swoops you up onto its back as it scoops its head between your legs. This will be much more uncomfortable for those of you with external genitalia. (laughs) You all hear uh, Arvid laughing uproariously, and he, you know, he's like... Is some come come here? Is anybody anybody? Uh, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yes. I found the best one. You, okay. Look at him, and it, it's a half duck. He's <laughs> duck horse. <laughs> <laughs> duck lion. Duck lion. Sorry, Griff. Griff. No. Yeah. Anyway, duck lion. Wow. Good indeed. <laughs> Got teeth. <laughs> Yes! And a wacky penis. <laughs> Just bonkers. This one, I, I'm going with this one. He's got a stripe around his neck and like a bright green head and a little patch of white on his wing. <laughs> <laughs> that one is a very good flyer. Straight and true, always knows which way's north. What's his name? His name is Billiam. <laughs> souls. William and I. (laughs) (laughs) He likes bread. (laughs) But don't you give it to him. It's really bad for him, though. He really shouldn't eat it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Billiam. I almost hesitate to ask, uh, but what is mine's name? Heggs. Heggs? Heggs. Okay. That's a good name. It's like Haggis without an A. Kind of. I tell him wanders off and after a little bit of time he finds something that's been left behind by everybody else it has beautiful lustrous brown feathers from the neck down thick in the color of mocha a gradient from black to pale cream but from the neck up it is bald scaly and hideous it seems hateful and cruel but as Artyom approaches it responds with optimism and enthusiasm it is extremely loving and very friendly. I want this one. 
Ah, yes, the vulture griffin, a lovely creature. His name is Thrall. Hmm, appropriate. Quite. Well, they all chose theirs. I'll let one choose me. Chris unleashes an unearthly chorus and tries to make it as sweet as he possibly can manage. And one seems to descend very slowly and elegantly toward him. It's a beautiful one, dove-like. Its feathers are silver and gold. Nice. So a pigeon, really. <laughs> I mean, pigeons are just pigeons fancy, are or just gross doves, aren't they? Some of them are really pretty. Pigeons are very attractive birds. Ah, that is Viola. She loves music. Ah, nice to meet you, Viola. Now I'm going to try and do a turkey vulture. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, shall we set out? I know the way. We should be able to get there within a few hours. These griffins are fast. I'm ready if you guys are. The vultures have crazy wingspans. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Big boys. Well, they're well trained. Just hang on. They know how to stay upright. So the mortal dawn mount up and set out from Savior's Summit atop a strange assortment of colorful griffins that leap off of the edge of the platform and free fall for just a moment. You are led by the sea elven captain Ashura Mistkeeper. And as you watch the huge floating stone structure getting smaller behind you as you depart, it suddenly blends into the cloudscape behind it, a flickering gossamer outline against a backdrop of blue and white, invisible to the unknowing eye. Ashira clicks her tongue, and the griffins form a V. Their wings stop flapping, and you can feel their heartbeat between your legs as they catch a wind and start to glide downward. You soar along the Godswall Mountain, seeing the Kamarian Everstorm from a new vantage point, black and purple clouds licked with red blasts of lightning. You glide over the Namari Hills, across the scorched and ancient burning wild, past the sacred rotunda tucked into the southern mountains, and over the endless white hills of the breathless sands, with your destination in sight. Denmazir, the gem of the north. The glistening patchwork spires reflecting the sunlight peering out over the tall sandstone walls. And even from this great distance, the sound of celebration fills the air. Damn, is that old son already? Shoot. I usually rent a room in Denmazir for the night and party with all the house cats up north. Hell of a party. House cats? You know, Lacaran houses. House of the Scarab, House of the Spectator. Everybody serves somebody. Let me tell you, those house cubist cats run a mean open bar for Elton's son. Well, it looks like the Mortal Dawn are going to get to experience the event firsthand. I'll just have to celebrate vicariously through the broadcast. <sighs> I'd kill for some Alcarn yak kebabs. I, for one, love getting to witness up close some of the fascinating and beautiful traditions practiced all over the five kingdoms through the eyes of our heroic teams. Absolutely. Then again, not all holidays are beautiful or fun. Let's pray to the first four that we never have a team witness the celebration of Rutkothaz. Wait, I've never heard of that holiday. What is it? <sighs> It's a gnarly tradition in some northern orc bands that happens in early spring. It's a real mess. Uh, dare I ask? You will anyway. So I'll give you the PG version. Orcs tend to, um, gestate fast. The line from coitus to quickening ain't a long one. Early spring is the best time because then the newborn orcs are ready to hit the ground running in early sun to raise the kiddos. Well, anyway, in the Rutkothaz, it starts out as a pretty fun time. A real drunken hump fest. You know how some pack animals will fight and the biggest and strongest does the most, um, mating? It's like that, but backwards. Everyone gets busy. We're talking actual notches on the belt, like a contest. All the orcs double fist hard liquor and do the act as much as they can for three days straight. 
That does sound messy. You've got no idea. Those who rack up the most points and who can still stand have the battle royale. Future mothers and fathers all thrown down in the mud, fighting to death. Those who win the melee get to raise the future batch of orc kids, having proven they can fight and, well, populate the best. This is why orc bands never grow that big. Every new batch of babies comes with a stack of dead bodies. Well, with all due respect to the northern bands, that sounds awful. You know it. I'll take a spirit's rest or a Helden sun any day over Rutgothaz. Even if I have to go out and buy some new soap for my Aunt Bertha and eat some bone-dry boar roast, holidays are about compromise. Nobody gets a perfect deal. You said it, pal. And speaking of a perfect deal, let's take five to listen to some ads from this week's sponsors. Stay tuned. This time of year can be hard for the Hive Matriarch in your life. Even safe in the bowels of the inner world, a day of extended sunlight can cause extra stress, which in turn leads to the suffering of the lower workers and servants to her greatness. This day of Helden Sun, get your matron a gift from Crawlmark to remind them how much they mean to you. A bouquet of nether lilies with Darrow's breath, with living spiders spinning glistening silk between the stalks. A box of dark chocolate-covered cave crickets and night-blossom mushroom caps. Maybe just a scarf or a Crawlmark card that sums up your love and eternal commitment to serving her will better than you ever could. Don't be a servant to seasonal stress. Just be a servant to your sworn shadow masters and share the love with Crawlmark. Happy holidays from a place of true darkness. for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle, so I love their protein plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing if I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week. It's fast premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash the league fifty and use code THELEAGUE50 to get 50% off. That's code THELEAGUE50 at factormeals.com slash THELEAGUE50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Greetings, LU cuties. We hope you're enjoying this holiday special. Thank you so much for your Patreon donations through this holiday season. They mean more to us than you can possibly know right now. I especially want to thank our newest patron tier subscriber at $50 a month. That's Andrew42, a pillar of the Discord community, a comforting clerical presence in the stream, and an overall amazing person. Our love and appreciation goes out to you. Happy holidays to Andrew and all of you who listen and support the show. In particular, this week's featured legendary team, The Moonlight Veil, with Christian Wiseman, Jen Finch, Erie Lunarose, and Maisie. Thank you all again so much. In two weeks' time, we will be releasing our 100th episode. I am deliriously excited to see how you guys react to it. It is awesome. Red Blossom Black Snow, my Legend of the Five Rings campaign for Level Up Dice, is coming back next Thursday the 7th at 6.30 p.m. PST at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams. Red Blossom is sponsored by Level Up Dice, so please use our link at bit.ly forward slash LUD slapdash to buy every geek in your life some luxury dice so that we can get some tasty rewards. Our holiday content contest is drawing to a close on January 1st, and we haven't really got that many submissions. Any content will do as long as it's safe for work, not previously made, and clearly LEQ-themed. Go ahead and send pics or samples to admin at slapdashstudios.com with a description of what we're looking at for a chance to win up to $100 in LUQ merch. You can find links to our merch at theluq.com. Use Spirit Rest for free shipping through December. If you want to advertise with us or have a special message on the show, please shoot an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com. If you want to show your support, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash slapdashstudios. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the action. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here in front of all these wonderful people today and be selected as the first inductee to the LUQ Hall of Legends. When I started the Ivory Lions all those years ago, I had one goal in mind. Bring glory to my kingdom. To be a symbol that shows the greatness of Leone, the Ivory Coast. I was raised right here in Inlands. I learned to honor the crown, say my prayers to Sigmus the Ascended, and how to be brave. Me and the team trained day and night, and through perseverance, some strong leadership, and a little bit of charisma, 
We made our way to the top. There wasn't a single foe we wouldn't face head on. And that is how we should approach life's problems. Without fear. With intelligence. With a little help from our friends. I vow to continue to honor this great land of ours. And be the champion that inspires future heroes to achieve this humbling rank. Thank you, one and all. They just eat it up like pigs, don't they? I know you're there. Hiding's for cowards. Then die. This is for what you did to my friends. This is for the Valor's reign. And everything you took from us. I swore I'd kill you. Now my brothers and sisters can rest in peace. Is that a fact? Cute knife. Do I know you? You smug son of a bitch. That's not narrowing it down. You killed my team. You slaughtered them all. And you laughed. I don't know how you did it, but we can't bring them back. They're gone. Forever. Oh yeah, you're that rogue that decided to hide while your hero rank buddies dropped like smoldering ashes from the Helderons. And now you're here to assassinate me? Well, I guess you don't need brains to make it to hero rank. The dagger was just a vessel. The poison is the true messenger. Poison? Do you know who I am? You're a monster. Why can't we bring them back? Why can't the priests find their souls? Well, you shouldn't have joined the big leagues if you're scared of some death. Sometimes it's permanent. Destroying bodies pays the bills, but destroying souls is what keeps the bosses in charge. You should be honored. Wouldn't have wasted your scout troop if they didn't show so much potential. You just picked the wrong fight. No hard feelings. I will not leave here until you lie dead, Avendar. That's Sir Avendar. You know, I've got a pair of Alcaran Cubist twins waiting for me in my wagon. And you're here wasting my time with this pathetic show of force. I'll teach you the lesson you didn't learn last time. <laughs> Look, I'd say there's a happy ending here for you. That you'll see your friends again soon, but that would be a lie. It'll be just like none of you ever existed. Seven hells I am sick of cocky rookies. Good riddance. As your pride of griffins draws closer to the outer wall of the capital, Several large flying creatures leap into the air from towers along the perimeter. Manticores, with riders in bronze and leather armor on their backs. Their beasts hover in the air between you and the city. And with a whistle, Ashira guides the griffins to do the same. The two groups on hovering mounts, flapping heavily facing one another. The lead manticore guard shouts over the sound of wings beating. The city is quite full right now. This is a sacred day to our people, and not a show for tourists. What is your business? And she says, 
This is the Mortal Dawn, champion-ranked team of the LUQ, and my guests of honor. I am Ashira Mistkeeper, anointed priestess of Quainus, blessed with salt and blood in the Tower of the Solar, trade envoy in good standing to the House of the Myrmidon. We are here to honor your tradition and participate, not to spectate like fools. And there is a pause as the guards look to one another. The leader removes his helm and says, Welcome home, sister of the sea. Please to follow us to the nearest tower where you can dismount. Love and sunlight warm you on this most beautiful day. Welcome, mortal dawn. And you're led through the air to a nearby tower covered in large doorways that lead to smooth, flat landing pads where griffins, manticores, and wyverns alike land easily and take off again at a moment's notice. As you dismount alongside the huge manticores and their well-armed riders, Ashira strokes the long neck of her griffin lovingly and speaks to it softly. It's a beautiful journey, isn't it? I still prefer to sail, but I never regret getting back into the clouds for a time. Artyom takes out a bomb and rubs it on some of the uh, more psoriasis areas of the, the vulture's head. It welcomes your moistening eagerly with a <laughs> clicking beak. <laughs> <laughs> I like these things. Christ will just whisper to sweet music and say, You're welcome to visit me anytime. Everybody get up. Don't slam now. You gotta <laughs> whispering <laughs> space jam to your griffin. Uh, the whole ride there, Arvid was quacking back and forth to the duck. <laughs> Periodically using wild shape to turn your head into a duck so you can wank that properly. It's just it's just a duck head on an incredibly buff body. <laughs> Your your fear bold proficiency with duck has doubled. <laughs> Harthax just puts a hand on Hag's head and doesn't say anything. Just has a sort of quiet moment and then slips it another platinum coin. It eagerly balances both in its beak. It's trying to click it but catch them at the same time without <laughs> dropping either. It kind of prances around you for a moment. <laughs> I ruffle its feathers and I just walk away. Fairweather lets out a... And the five of them take off to the sky, returning to Savior's Summit. Not a bad crane, Law. Good job, Law. Good job, Law. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making all these bird noises. Those are all flawless fucking bird noises. They are. Ashira leads you down the stairs and out into the streets. And they are completely full. You've been to Denmazir before and it's very populated, but every thoroughfare, every alley is packed with individuals. And it's very clear what most of them have in common. These are the working class and the slaves of the city. They are being handed beverages and food from tents, and it looks like all of the businesses are being manned by the nobles. They're working for them today. Um, again, kind of a bittersweet sight. You see parades marching down the street, people playing music on every street corner. And one thing you don't see is any exchange of coin. Every drink and food piece handed is offered freely. Uh, you notice some individuals flying these huge, beautiful papier-mâché kites made to look like exotic magical creatures. You notice one of the caravans has a series of animals in a line. There are beautiful oxen and camels and shaggy lambs. And as they walk through the center of the street, many of the people place rings of flowers on them or flags with writing on them, uh, adorning them and honoring them. And those animals are led up onto a wooden platform. And one at a time, they are led off to where... A pair of trained workers pull out two curved blades and in front of the audience butcher the animal. And they cheer in praise, honoring this beast's life. 
and the portions of meat are handed off to another worker, which then takes it to a nearby tent and immediately begins cooking it to food to feed the workers. So can I just say what happened there? The reason why you might have heard a sudden laugh is because as Law was saying the words there led up to I drug my thumb across my throat to indicate killing. Sam laughed, thinking this was absurd. At which point, that is exactly what fucking happened. Uh, right before that, I was like, I'm going to say some shit like Arvid's going to be a llama for a while and just like chill with the other llamas. <laughs> bad, bad choice. That'd be, actually, it'd be hilarious because as soon as they they like slit your throat to kill the llama, you would turn into a fur bulk and they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> really throw a turd in their parade yeah <laughs> midway through dressing your hawks and suddenly you turn into a goddamn person the captain's the captain's sitting there like we're here to respect your traditions not make fun of them and then arvid turns into a llama and gets executed classic arvid <laughs> the two workers with the blades are extremely deft though they immediately go to slicing the throats and with the shaggy sheep they begin shearing the wool and throwing it to the crowd the crowd rejoices. Some of the people move up and put their hands in the blood and press it against each other excitedly like they, they've been made lucky on this day. You make your way down through the streets and it's hard to go even a few blocks at any kind of reasonable pace. But because you're moving slow, it means many of you are offered different kinds of food. Long, spicy kebabs of meat. Wooden cups filled with rich, bright wine. Ales, exotic fruits, skewers of scorpions, spicy hot peppered stews. And uh, it seems like Ashira is grabbing a little bit of this and that and suggesting some of you do the same, occasionally tucking a kebab into Arvid's pocket, <laughs> making sure you guys are getting a fair shake because there's food everywhere. This is exactly what I need after four days on the fucking Sunday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Arvid, someone slaps a string into your hand and lo and behold, someone has offered you one of their kites. Uh, what does it look like? Um, um, um an owl there but it's actually in the air because it's a kite that's good we'll do that and nice. it's got big big wings it's like in flight even though our owl bears i hope they don't fly <laughs> that would be scary <laughs> <laughs> just comes crashing through your upstairs window <laughs> horrifying i mean they were technically made by crazy wizards so who knows they probably made a flight model we got, owl, oh, we got owl bears in the rafters and there's just like 15 like, giant fucking bears sitting on their rafters yeah, this is going to be expensive. Uh, you got owlbears. <laughs> <laughs> now, are they um, owl-sized bears or bear-sized owls? Yes. <laughs> As you continue pressing on, Arvid gets to just kind of carry this kite, and it joins in the air with several other kites along the way. Uh, and people are cheering, and... Some people even seem to recognize you as a champion ranked team, and occasionally you're like, a, Mortal Dawn, Mortal Dawn, away for good luck, away for blessings. Chris just gives them Miss America wave. I wave a squiggle hand. <laughs> Chris, you're offered a plate of food from a nearby booth, and lo and behold, it's one of your favorite childhood dishes. Uh, what's on it? Oh, I think because berries and fruits were so rare, just a good fresh plate of just all kinds of good fruits and stuff. Mm, like guava and figs and oh yes absolutely yeah and they're sitting in kind of a basin of their own juices so traditionally oh, you drink down the last bit of it after plucking the meat from the the flesh oh my god that's the best part um as you're passing through you notice a lot of symbols of religion are hanging on banners and in makeshift statues of either paper mache almost like pinatas and you notice a group to the left that are doing a very specific physical prayer to bren what does that look like artyom hmm they start in child's pose, curled up into a fetal position on the ground, 
And then slowly over the course of a good five full minutes, they draw themselves up into a position where their arms are outstretched above them in a Y shape. But the process is so unbelievably slow that the muscle control it takes to do right can be exhausting even for professional athletes. Mm. Yeah, definitely a, a strong symbol of how strong and resilient these priests are. They live to push their bodies. The pain makes them stronger. And then a flying creature casts a shadow over the parade. It seems like one of the nobles is raining gifts down onto the uh, streets. What kind of creature and gifts are being dropped, Arathex? Hmm. It's a noble who's riding a wyvern, Mm -hmm. which aren't uncommon here. But this one seems to have more draconic lineage Mm -hmm. than most. Not in that, you know, it looks particularly dragon-like, but in... It has gold scales and, and looks like a metallic gold dragon. And the gifts that the noble is throwing are eggs. Small, I'd say plastic, but yeah, probably probably small wooden eggs, which twist and open. And inside is a, is there some kind of special currency that would be used here? This, it's not like mm-hmm. just like a gold coin, but it's like something that's like has yeah. significance. They have the marumba. Okay. which is a kind of very low-value gem that's used in a lot of trade for Alcara only. Okay. And and opening it up, there's a marumba inside, an Alcaran gemstone, which they use for trade here. Mm-hmm. The equivalent of like a buck. Okay. Beautiful. As we walk through, whenever our uh, children seem excited about us, I will touch them on the forehead and leave what looks like a henna tattoo of a sun on their forehead. Right. They're delighted by this. And their parents, thank you for the blessing. So near the center of Den Mazir is the palace, which is surrounded by the patchwork spires, each of them representing a different of the trade houses that serve the queen. Um, Ashira leads you to the house of the Solar and the Solar's Tower, which is the house of the many religions most practiced in Denmazir. And she seems to have access to get in on this day. The guards don't even stop her. They recognize her on sight and welcome her as a sister of the sea. And the markings on the outside of the Tower of the Solar are a sun, the ocean, a golden sword, and a cat's eye, all in beautiful mosaics. And as the sun moves in the sky, it hits them and reveals new colors. And as she leads you inside, she takes you up a stone staircase that winds upward further and further. Each floor seems to be adorned with holy relics and artwork from various religions. One of which you pass by is clearly one of the largest, and it is dedicated to Bren. And there are a group of Bren priests singing an old song that Artyom hasn't heard in a very long time. And I haven't tried to think of the lyrics in a hot minute, so I'm going to do the best I can. Timeless dolor fills our realm. Light will guide us at the helm. Strength of heart will ease the pain. Wreathed in arms of golden flame. And it echoes off of the walls and awakens memories deep in your mind and feels like warmth entering all of your ears. And Ashira specifically stops when she hears the music and lets you all take a moment to absorb it. Then she leads you to the top floor, which is an open balcony rooftop covered by a metal onion dome with wide open windows. There is some clear running water in a simple stone fountain. And she sets down much of the food that you have been collecting in your travels on a sash that she wears around her belt, like a picnic blanket. And she takes a drink of the cool water and splashes it on her face. Gestures for anyone to do the same who wishes. (sighs) 
This will be one of the best views of the sunset in all of the city. Few come here. Few have the commitment to praise certain gods, she says, looking to Artyom. Not a sacred place, but uh, everyone has their own perch, their own lookout. This one's been mine for many years. Do you understand what's so important about Bren and Quainus on this day, Artyom? To me? No, tell me. During the Council of Thunder, when the gods forged the earth and decided what the landscape would look like, when Karaza Karak shed her first seeds onto the earth, Bren and Quainus were in charge of the sea and the coastline. Bren sculpted most of Alcara, most of the desert, most of the coast. But him and his sister, they were deeply in love. A romance foreign to the gods, the first love, something forbidden. It distracted them from their work. Their love made them too strong, so the gods banished Quainus out to the sea. The ocean is her domain, and they banished Bren to the sky to push his atonement each day to bring us sun. He feels the fire in his arms, but the reason he struggles and pushes this ball, the reason that he suffers is for love, to return to the arms of his sister when the sun sets for but a fleeting moment, and on this, the day of Heldon's sun, they have more time together than the rest of the year. It is a holiday that celebrates passion, romance, oaths, and moving forward. I hold out my arms, and I look at the marks that look like black flame on them, and I say to her, The color is wrong, but there is an embrace if you would have it. It would be an honor. Let us wait till the sun sets, and we'll make it last. Let us dig in. And she starts almost playfully just piling food into her mouth excitedly, revealing that she had a stowed away bottle of wine this whole time. <laughs> it is white and bubbly and expensive. And she... <laughs> with one hand offers it outward. It wouldn't be Christmas without a bottle opening sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> this is Helton's son. <laughs> Come on. This is not Christmas. It's not Spirit's Rest. It's the middle of the summer, people. <laughs> and, uh... The city is absolutely raucous. You can hear the sounds of celebration from every street corner echoing out through the entire capital. And you're looking down, it's almost like one living creature, like a serpent slithering through the streets, cheering and praising the beautiful day that they're experiencing. I almost forgot what happiness looks like. This is beautiful. Arvid's eating and he's got, like, tears slowly streaming out of his eyes from the pretty story. There is another tradition on the day of Helden's son something that I practice every year. Most people do. And she reaches into her side bag and she pulls out a series of these leaves from trees. They look like they've been slightly dried. They're a panderic kind of leaf, so they almost look like a wide blade with a dip at the end of it. And she says, this is the Jocasia leaf. Um, it floats lightly on the wind and it works very well as a kind of parchment. And she takes out a couple of quill pens and says, it is traditional for people to write down something that they would wish to let go of from the year past. Something they wish to free themselves of. And she scribbles something down and sets the quill in the center of you all as you're dining. Each of you have received a leaf at this time. And she looks outward towards the sea, and it looks like the sun is starting to get lower in the sky. And she says, it's almost time. And you wait in calm silence. The entire capital seems hushed in contrast to the raucous festivities of the afternoon. Citizens perch on top of the buildings and towers, 
hanging from every surface high enough to get a good view. For a few minutes, the sun, which seems to be larger and brighter than ever, dips slowly downward in the sky. The world grows dim. You can feel a kind of tension rising as you wait. You've never watched a sunset like this before. Even the wind seems to stop out of respect. And then, at the very bottom of the burning sphere connecting with the ocean horizon, there's a flash of light, which fades as the entire sky sinks into a powerful gradient of blood and red wine. The city streets explode with excitement. Music shakes the windows of every building. There's the sound of dancing, cheering, and lovemaking in the streets. Ashira closes her eyes and holds out her hand as she releases the Dracacia leaf and whispers, The fear that my brother is dead. She drops it. Arvid finishes writing and looks out towards where the sunset is beginning and lets out a deep sigh and releases into the wind his leaf and he says, My mother who I lost this year. Oh, Castile, I still miss you. I still love you. And then the leaf floats, floats away, twisting, twirling, swirling, fading into the horizon. Harthax sits for a very long time, just looking at their leaf, not writing anything. You know, looks at Arvid, looking at Crist, writing on his, looking at Artyom. How do you pick one thing, Artyom? How do you pick one thing to let go? Maybe what you need to let go of is your fear of letting go. Maybe. And Harthax writes on their leaf, the guilt of a murder I didn't commit, and sends the leaf skyward. Artyom turns to look at Ashira and thinks about her brother, looks at his own leaf, and says, Fear of seeing my brother again. I drop it. She embraces you in a respectful but passionate hug. She says, As the sky touches the sea, the horizon we shall be. As the leaves fall from your hand, the wind catches them. They spiral and dance in circles as they descend slowly out over the rooftops of Denmazir. And as you look down to follow their path, you see thousands of spinning leaves drifting down from every tower and building in sight. The music is rich. There are tears of joy. Loud declarations of love shouted from rooftops. Dancing and acceptance. An exhale. A release of the pain from the hardships of the year. A battle fought and won, each in their own regard. Tiny shadows are cast downward over the crowd from the cloud of Dracacia leaves. As people's memories and pain join as one on a gust of wind, blown outward to the ocean, where the blessed union and passion of the sun and sea bathes the night in love's crimson. And with that touching scene, we leave the MDs to celebrate an evening of reflection and love. It really makes you think about the year we've had, doesn't it, Storm? Uh, Storm? Uh-oh. Are you doing okay, pal? I'm good. I'm good. You know how I get when the team's got all sentimental on that sunset and the whole thing. I'm just touched. Me too, Storm. Me too. Here, have some more tissues. Thanks, pal. You're always there for me. Even when I pass out on live scry or break the desk or storm off, so to speak, you're right there by my side. Well, sure I am, you big goofball. We're a team. Kip and Storm. You're like my family, Kip. My weird little family. I don't really keep up with my mom or dad's side. 
It's friends like you that really make an orc feel special. Oh, that's really sweet of you to say, Storm. Well, I don't even have a family to keep up with if I wanted. I'm happy right here with you. You hear that sound, Kip? No. What sound? This isn't that false alarm again, is it? No, no, no. It sounds like a boat. Yep. Foghorn's blowing. Huh? It's the Friendship Thunderhug, requesting permission to dock at Port Killigan. <coughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Mind the microphone and my ribs. I'll always be there for you, kid. I got your back. Whatever happens. <sighs> well, with this touching moment for the team and yours truly, let's take this time to wish all of our viewers a happy holiday, whatever you practice, and a wonderful new year on the horizon, full of hope, adventure, and friendship. There are big things coming, folks, for us and for you. And I, for one, can't wait. See you next year on the League of Ultimate Questing. It was really nice. Of all, like, thumb, uh, all misty-eyed. Some holidays are sad. This is beautiful. I'm very happy. That was yeah. the uh, symbolism that made me cry. Yeah, the whole, uh, the whole like, her brother thing and then my brother thing. That's very appropriate. Mm-hmm. I think we should skip me. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You don't cool. think you should be, you don't think no, you should be totally the outro on this one? Michael? Okay. Thank you for listening to this holiday episode the League of Ultimate Questing. We're going to go around the table to all of these misty-eyed folks introducing ourselves, starting with... Uh, Sam Frost. I play Arvid Ulfmund, and yeah, it's a, it's a lovely little ceremony. Thanks for being a part of it, everyone. My name is Michael Loving. I play Harithax, who had a number of things that they could have let go there and had trouble deciding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Alante. I play Chris Grand, the Crystalline Sorcerer, and um, I feel it. I feel it. I'm Zach. I play Artyom Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and suffering. And uh, I'm hoping everybody's having good holidays despite everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master and creative director of Slapdash Studios. And I hope for the new year you all have leaves to release of your own. Aww. Mm -hmm. New episodes of our podcast go live every Monday. Every fucking Monday. Every Hashtag Monday. every fucking Monday. Um, you can find links to all of our stuff, the social media, the Patreon, the Discord, all of it at theluq.com. It's a good place to go if you're looking for the show. It's a good place to point your friends. And I would like to thank Wes for editing this episode. Thank you very much. We would. We would like to thank Wes. A special holiday thank you to Wes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, links to everything, social media, the merch store where you can pick up Mortal Dawn t-shirts. You can pick up lots of new merch. We've been kind of expanding merch options lately. So, yeah. you know reinvest that christmas money <laughs> and uh make a resolution this year to tell friends about what might be your favorite podcast certainly one that you enjoy if you've listened to episode 98 <laughs> so it means something it does it sure does and as we go into 2021 we wish you luck